Before we start Dueling Review this week, I want to let you in on a very special deal. If you are not a patron, if you are currently uh, just listening to these shows for free and for years, you've been like, man, I would love to support you guys, but I'm just looking for the right deal. Then the month of April is the perfect time for you because between now and the end of April, if you go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash major spoilers and you sign up for our new yearly subscription model, you'll only get charged for 10 months, but you will get 12 months of content. That's two months free just by going and signing up for the annual membership at patreon.com slash major spoilers. You save 16%, but you've got to hurry. This absolutely ends at the end of April, and it's not coming back. We may not even offer this deal ever again. So if you want to save some money and support one of your favorite podcasts, then head over to patreon.com slash major spoilers. You can sign up for an annual membership at any level. Pay now, get 10 months, uh, pay for 10 months, and get two months free, and you won't get charged for a whole year. It's quite a bargain. Go check us out, patreon.com slash major spoilers. This week on Dueling Review, it is Green Lantern number one from DC Comics. As this new Green Lantern series begins, the newly formed United Planets and the Guardians of the Universe hold an intergalactic summit to decide who can best serve and protect the cosmos from danger. With the majority of Green Lanterns called back to Oa, Jon Stewart arrives alongside Teen Lantern Kelly Quintella, whose powerful gauntlet could be one of the most powerful and unstoppable weapons in the universe. With the entire landscape of the universe in flux, is this the end of the Green Lantern Corps? Or a new beginning? I do not know who um, uh, Kelly Quintella is. Kelly Quintana. She is the Teen Lantern. Uh, well, I know that part because she Justice screams it. For... That's that's what she screams most of the time in this issue. Yeah, she's been a part of the Young Justice team for about a year and a half now. She's a Bendis creation. Okay. Um, what, what's her What's her origin? What's the deal? Is she from a different universe or whatever? No, she is from uh, Bolivia, I believe. Uh, but at some point, somehow, she came into possession of a gauntlet that she claims allows her to hack the central Owen power battery and do the things that you can do with a Green Lantern ring. Um, but it's, there's never really been any explanation of the hows or the whys on that. Yeah, except that in this issue, the lanterns are specifically say, well, we've reached a conclusion. This isn't, uh, you know, yeah. one of the original lanterns gloves. Isn't I think it's the guy that reached back into the beginning Krona. of time. Yeah, yeah Krona. Went and reached back into the beginning of time and saw what he was not supposed to see, and that caused the great uh, crisis. Um, but they also say that she's also not tight tapping into the to the central battery. Yes, something weird is going on, and that's, that's why the I didn't, first we've heard of that. Yeah, that's why I didn't know if she was maybe you know uh, an ejection from another part of the omniverse or the multiverse or whatever they're calling it now. I don't know why. Not they as wanted, far as we know, I don't know why they are so dead set set on changing the name. Uh, from the multiverse to the omniverse. Because an omniverse is apparently bigger than a multiverse. The last run of Green Lantern uh, dealt with the greater omniverse, which is where we got the fascinating character who was DC's version of Marvel's version of DC's Green Lantern. Um, so I think uh, that was a Morrison thing, explaining that there's an omniverse 
there are multiple multiverses. Oh, okay. That's why there's an omniverse, because, you know, there's the dark multiverse. Yeah, I guess. There's the regular multiverse, and then there's the pre-crisis multiverse. So multiple multiverses make omniverses. I guess. So here's the other thing that is a little bit perplexing to me as we get into this issue, because uh, what's going on is um, uh, the United Planets is oh. having their convocation at uh, at Oa. I don't know why they're just not doing it where they, you know, where they where they formed uh, in the Legion of Superheroes. Actually, in the was it Action Comics or Superman series? Oh. But um, that was like a year and a half ago that the Legion yeah. series came out. And I'm just really perplexed that they're finally getting around to having a meeting a year and a half later in the pages of Green Lantern number one. So that is the little, that's a little uh, odd to me as well. There's some of that going around. A lot of the, the DC books that are coming out now as part of the infinite, what is it? The infinite horizons or. Yeah. The, the post, uh, the post, um, yeah, it's infinite frontier is what it is. Infinite thing, infinite frontier, uh, because I just, and am reviewing for tomorrow, read a book that all of a sudden pops up and there's a huge riot at Arkham Asylum. And I'm like, but wasn't there one of those a couple of months ago? And yeah, there's Frontier. always a riot at Arkham Asylum. You yeah, but a, it, it may be the same one. I don't oh, know. But, you only get, you only get the uh, formation of the United Planets like three or four times in, in your history. So that's why I was just a little confused <laughs> as to... That's why I was a little confused as to why we were, you know, kind of seeing this meeting taking place. And it's like, man, you guys should have gotten your act together a long time ago before this. But this is your typical. I don't want to say that it feels like it's being that it's borrowing heavily from uh, Phantom Menace. But it -hmm. feels like they're borrowing heavily from Star Wars, especially in the way that they have their their Senate chamber, their United Planets chamber, where everybody's floating on a platform and airing their grievances and deciding whether or not Oa should be part of the United Planets or not, because, you know, Oa is the biggest problem in the universe. They're the ones that have caused all the problems for everyone everywhere. And so there's a little bit of that going on. Plus, uh, as as we said, uh, Kelly uh, is having her own issues. And then, of course, uh, some people from Jim World show up and unleash a monster from the depths of Oa that the lanterns then have to deal with. Yeah. It's interesting to me that Sinestro and new Korrigar are already a part of the United planets, but somehow Oa is considered too problematic. Sinestro has literally murdered millions. He's destroyed entire civilizations. Yeah. But what's he and done? Somehow since... He's already a member. What has he done since he's been on uh, Korrigar and, um, and settled that planet is they just turned it into a murder machine or what's going on there? Because I don't you know, know. You just kind of maybe have to look at the planet, not necessarily the person in charge. It's kind of like you allow Cuba to be in the United Nations or you allow Russia to be part of the United Nations. Even though they've done some horrible things. Heck, you even allowed the United States to be part of the United Nations. Yeah, but I feel like the Korrigar being a part of the UP and OA being voted on would be like saying Yes, Cuba is part of the United Nations. Now we have to vote to decide whether or not we're going to admit, you know, something like China or, you know, one of the, the you know, the major, like Germany. We're, we're not sure about Germany. I'm like, well, that, that seems odd to me. I don't know. 
Maybe it's just the way I look at it. And, you know, it's not like no, the I Owens mean, haven't is, killed billions of people, too. No, it is It is weird. And I, I was rather surprised at that, too, when Sinestro and the rest of his uh, delegation are there talking about how they don't believe that uh, Owa should be part of it. And they're voting no. And, of course, you know, it all goes down to the wire, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it doesn't really bother me. It doesn't really surprise me. It's like, OK, everybody else, let's everybody else is automatically represented here. Uh, now here's this group that has said that they are never been part of the universe, except that they are policing all of us. And, uh, now maybe we should decide if they should be part. Maybe they're, maybe they are, you know, have already been a member and now they're deciding whether they should be a permanent member. Maybe they were here on a trial basis and that's what's been going on the last year and a half. Who knows? Um, but I, I, I don't know. This, uh, this issue is a little bit mixed in. It's messaging because you end up with three different, maybe four different storylines going on, right? You've got uh, John Stewart, who is trying to take care of the menace that is uh, that have, that has been unleashed. You've got uh, Kelly Cantella, who is, um, uh, you know, they're trying to figure out what her deal is. Mm-hmm. Then you've got the should we allow Oa into the United Planets, mm-hmm. and then the uh, you know then you've got you know all the other you know, little, little bits and pieces that are showing up the, uh, you know, why is Jim world suddenly popping up and why are they causing trouble in the middle of this? So you kind of got like four stories going over the 40 pages of this book. And so it seems a little scattered. I kind of would have liked them to, instead of having three or four storylines, maybe focused on one or two and, mm. and work at it that way. And, and I think one of the big problems that this issue has is that Sinestro comes up during his speech and he's like, ah, you know, it's, it's the Owens who have instilled fear across the galaxy. They are the real problem. They're the ones that are going to destroy us all. Then you have the monster escape, the big ultimate weapon, whatever that thing is. And all, then you make the, the, the delegations aware of this because the, it, the way that this is written, the delegates really don't know anything, although the Thanagarians are told, hey, get ready to evacuate everybody at a moment's notice. But we don't see in the chamber where everyone's like, ah, see, see, look what we're talking about. These people are dangerous. Look how dangerous they're going to kill us all. And, you know, looks of horror and fright and everything on their faces. And then John Stewart comes out and says, look, power down your weapons. We can fight this. Th- we can we can defeat this thing without fighting. And at mm-hmm. that point, then you have the delegation going, ah, see, these guys aren't so bad after all. They they can control themselves. They really aren't somebody to fear. They're someone to be respected for how they deal with situations. But those two storylines don't ever, ever cross or come together. You've got the two separate storylines running parallel to one another. And it never comes to a point where you get to see delegates seeing, see, see, this is why we shouldn't allow them in. And another group of people saying, see, see, this is why we should allow them in. All you have is um, uh, Kulo and you have uh, uh, Corrigador and then who's the other? There's a third. Yeah. Yeah. There's the yeah. I said Kolu. Then there's the um, Sinestro's planet. And then there's then there's one more. I think that spoke either in favor or against uh, the I guess they just spoke uh, for themselves. But I, I really would have liked to have seen those two stories at least cross so that it could drive the point home for one side or the other and then have everybody change or at least see the Lantern's point of view as, as opposed to a big splash page where they're just making their arguments. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you think about that. 
I agree, actually. Um, the one thing that I find interesting is that you said that this reminds you of Star Trek, or Star Wars, rather. It reminds me of Star Trek. Mm. And I think part of the reason for that is that Jeffrey Thorne, the artist or the author of this book, has actually written multiple Trek novels. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's it's an interesting take. I'm I'm down with a couple of things. I really appreciate the use of uh, major lanterns in this book. We get a little bit of guy. We get a little bit of um, the big guy with the face, the poozer. I can't remember his Kilowog. Kilowog, thank you. We get some moments with uh, Hal Jordan, who's way overworked, but the primary characters that we see in this are Baz, Simon Baz, and mm-hmm. John Stewart, and mm-hmm. Kelly, mm-hmm. all three of whom are Earth Lanterns of Color. And I don't feel like that's necessarily a big statement, except in as much as in the middle of all of this you know, intergalactic, everybody is here and there's wacky people with 15 heads, you have these characters basically representing Oa and or Earth, and it's really kind of neat. But yeah, 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 yeah. I, I like the fact that they're trying to open a lot of windows. Basically, this feels like an old school first issue pitch where here's a thousand different ways our story can go. Well, yeah, especially when it comes to the end and, and one of the Owens is killed. Yes, the, Owen, the Owens get killed and then we have to deal and figure out, I'm sure we're going to have some murder mystery stuff going yeah. on, which I'm, I'm also down with. But I like this up to a point. Do you remember back in 1987, 88, 89, when we read a little book called Invasion? Yeah, it's a pretty interesting storyline. This is where the Dominators show up with their giant uh, scary mouths and their red dots, and they have uh, teamed up with the Coons and I forget the other group of people. Putins, the Daxamites. Oh, the, the Daxamites, Sions, that's right. The, the Thanagarians mm-hmm. and um, the Gildishpan. And then they all, at- yeah, the fish people, and they all attack yeah. Earth. And uh, because Earth is the center of everyone's woes, which, you know, I can understand. And they and they detonate the the metagene, which anyone who has a superpower has a metagene and they're all knocked out, including Batman for some reason. But whatever. Uh, and well, then Batman has secret magic powers, I guess. And then uh, everybody wins and the end. But it feels this book reminds me of that, the way that it takes a lot of these 30th century concepts, which is. I mean to say concepts that originate in the Legion of Superheroes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Things that come from those Legion books, like, you know, Zwen and Korrigar. Well, Korrigar comes from Green Lantern, but this is taking a lot of those concepts that we see in the 30th century United Planets and again, trying to really, really make them solid in the 20th, well, 21st century yeah. now. Yeah. DC. I would, I would agree with you in the sense that, um, there's a lot of Legion feel to this book, except Mm -hmm. that it's not teenagers that are doing anything. This is actually looking at the government side. Like if uh, president Boltax or whatever his name is, is uh, (laughs) doing things. This is like the day in the life of president Boltax. Yep. But these guys from the sorcerer's world, the elemental types, Mm -hmm. we haven't quite gotten there in our other podcast, Legion clubhouse. Well, No, uh, actually we did five episodes from them. Aren't we? No, actually we went, uh, to the, um, to Xerox, Xerox, uh, just, uh, in the last week's Legion clubhouse episode. Did we meet the elemental teachers? No, we didn't meet the elemental teachers, but the whole, uh, Xerox magical planet, gym world stuff is all, was all right there. Xerox magical planet. Yeah. No, wait, that's Arrakis. 
Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm sort of fine with there being a lot going on because if you're going to try and set up this massive galactic Senate, if you're going to try and deal with these concepts and, you know, they're admirably throwing a lot of things at the wall. Uh, we see, you know, some red lanterns, we see Sinestro's thing going on. There's the Thanagarians who you can't trust, never trust the Thanagarian. Uh, and you say, what about Hawkman? I'm like, never trust the Thanagarian, especially Hawkman. But yeah, I feel like there's, there's a lot of places for this to go and it feels really messy and complicated which also feels like it makes sense because they're trying to do something that is about, you know, diplomacy or governing or, you know, your united planets, all the people coming from a million different places to try and come together. If we can see this series mm -hmm. uh, continue in a way that, yes, I know it's called Green Lantern. So we're, and it's, it's called Green Lantern. It's not called Green Lantern Corps. Yeah, um, it's not so called Hal Jordan. Yeah, so we could really, and I'll be honest, uh, to me, since the Justice League animated series of the uh, 2000s, um, I think the de facto Green Lantern is Jon Stewart, and that's probably why, it, it, yeah, it should be, and in my mind, he is the lead. I, I, uh, Hal Jordan was dead during that time, and then he got better, uh, thanks to Jeff Johns, uh, but... Um, well, he came back for life, he's certainly not better. Yeah, Um but I, I, I like that this could be a Jon Stewart-centered comic book. Uh, and if they do it in a way which we get a lot of different characters, sure, let's get an occasional two or three other Green Lantern Corps members popping around, and we can dive in and out of their stories a little bit. But let's see that Thanagarian uh, woman uh, do some stuff. Let's see, you know, um, the representative from Kulo doing her thing. The representative and, from Kolu has the floor. Yeah, you know, she's she's actually pretty cool. She kind of comes off as the the Senate president at this point. But I would like to see more of those things. And, and again, this is why I said this feels a lot more like Star Wars, because one of the things that fascinated me about the three prequel episodes and then um, the Star Wars uh, Clone Wars series was the fact that we did dive a lot into the politics side of all of these different planets and worlds and what the Jedi were doing. So I could really see, I mean, I don't want to see this in, you know, I don't want to see Green Lanterns become Star Wars, but the Lanterns are essentially Jedi, you know, trying to impose their law and order across the, um, across the galaxy, um, separate from a Galactic Senate. So I could totally see this book kind of being a Jedi book. And certainly if you're DC trying to compete with Marvel slash Disney slash Lucasfilm, this might be a way to go on that. I'm actually perfectly fine with the idea of the Galactic Senate. I'm perfectly fine with the issue having a lot of threads to work with. Because if we look at this as the beginning of a new volume of Green Lantern, the last one was, what, 25, 27 issues. Um, I feel like having a lot of stuff to a lot of places to go from here is a good idea. And I feel like because it's green lantern and there's virtually zero chance of it getting canceled before they get a chance to play with all those threads. I'm kind of fine with this issue, having all of the galactic Senate and the Korgar and the Thanagarian. And I feel like having John Stewart and a hot Thanagarian redhead, you know, is just our attempt to go justice league. And I'm fine with that. So, yeah, my main problem with this is still going to be we trust Sinestro, but not the Guardians of Oa. 
I don't think, but see, that's the thing. There's also Red Lanterns there. There's also, um, I don't trust them. You know, there's also the, what um, did they do to that? Dexstar looks like a humanoid cat now. <laughs> it's just a kitty cat. Before. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, they have, they have other despots and, and bad, uh, planets that are in this, in this gathering. Uh, because there are what 3,700, uh, 3,600 uh, sectors that have to be patrolled. So I'm sure they have Galaxy. a representative from all of them. So, and I, I kind of want to see Kelly Quintana, you know, getting a chance to be part of a Green Lantern Corps. So this could be something cool. We've got a new point of view character, you know. Yeah, I guess. I mean, for me, I didn't I didn't dislike this issue. I, I enjoyed it. I just kind of wish that they were able to keep those that they would have merged some of those uh, plot points together to yeah. drive it, drive it home. Um, so for me, I, I will be more than happy to read Green Lantern number two whenever it arrives. I, I kind of want to see what happens. I want to see them do the space mis- mystery. I would like to and I don't know. John Stewart military. Kilowog has always been kind of military. Tomar Ray been kind of like a philosopher, right? This is Tomar too, but yeah, the same thing still applies. Guy Gardner. So nobody that we typically associate with the Green Lantern is an actual detective, right? Um, the, probably the closest thing that I know of to a detective would have been uh, Budig or BDG, whatever his name was. He was like. He had a Thanagarian partner, but he was the bug guy. Oh, okay. About 10 years ago. He may be dead, though. Yeah, so it would be interesting for them to explore the rest of this arc, or at least the next five issues, right? as a kind of a murder mystery, because that's what they have here, as opposed to police strong-arming their way through through the storyline. Um, I don't think we're going to get a Law & Order kind of thing going on. Doink, uh, doink. But I would like to see maybe a little bit more detecting in this than than not, because I think that that's that would be the the interesting bit is why did this guy come out and shoot uh, our little blue friend? Wouldn't Guy and Kilowog trying to detect be fun, though? I mean, they have skill sets that would be interesting in kind of a, you know, what was Guy's kind of what was Guy's thing before? Before he became a Green Lantern, just a schmuck. Guy was a history teacher. Oh, a history teacher. Hmm. And a and a phys ed teacher. Uh so yeah, guy <laughs> is like, I uh, yeah, a uh, big Lebowski kind of thing. This unfortunately, this doesn't. The first issue isn't set up as a comedy, but certainly, you know, uh, Kilowog and uh, Guy Gardner as as the big Lebowski would be kind of funny with uh, Kilowog always saying, "Shut the f up, K- uh, Tomar Ray. You're out of your depth, Tomar Ray." Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I enjoyed this issue. I thought it was fun. Uh, I thought it was interesting. I, there was a, certainly a lot going on. There was not the the only, you know, it's the new character. It's the Kelly character that I didn't really have a lot of reference on that. I was kind of like, ooh, what's her story? But it wasn't presented in a way as, oh, if you don't know who she is, then you're an idiot for not reading all the other Green Lantern stuff and all the other DC stuff that we've been putting out for the last uh, 10 years. Uh, this treated it as, you know, who she is and they give you her backstory a little bit. And uh, how things come up. So I thought that that was uh, explained enough that, you know, over the course of two or three issues, you'd be totally into who this character is and what her deal is. Uh, so I I rather enjoyed it. I, I would say if you're looking for a new Green Lantern series to pick up, this one is it, it seems to be pushing Jon Stewart, which I'm fine with uh, as the as the central character. Uh, it doesn't feel like 
though, in this issue that there is a central viewpoint. We have many different viewpoints in this, and I'm cool with that. So for me, if you're looking for a Green Lantern book, go ahead and pick this one up. If you're doing with Green Lantern what it looks like they're doing and doing a true ensemble cast, I'm always interested. I mean, the last, uh, like I said, two years of Green Lantern have been very Hal-centric. Mm-hmm. but also wild and crazy Grant Morrison stuff. You remember yeah. Hulk Carr, the guy who isn't Monel? Oh yeah. 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 He's back or he was back in that Morrison stuff and a ton of characters who appeared, you know, once in 1953. Yeah. But everybody seems up. to like that. Everybody seems to like that Grant Morrison series, right? Season one and season it. two. Yeah. Yeah. So wonderful. Yeah. So, and then of course there's also far sector, uh, which, appears to be doing well too. I don't know if the series has ended with that 12th issue or, or not, but um, people seem pretty pleased with that. So, you know, between, between green lantern and if there is a third season for green lantern uh, and another season of uh, far sector, you've got some good green Lantern books to, to pick up on. I believe that green lantern series or season two ended Wrapped up the Morrison run, and this is the new primary Green Lantern. Ah, okay. Well, okay. Well, if Far Sector returns after issue 12, then, um, you know, you'll have at least two Green Lanterns. But on the other <laughs> hand, we do know that uh, DC is looking for ways to cut back in areas, and maybe they think one Green Lantern uh, issue is good, one series is good, providing that they make an ensemble. Uh, it's not necessarily an anthology, but when you have so many different characters popping in and out, you can yeah. tell stories as you need it. So this arc will take place on Oa. The next arc will take place on Earth. The next arc will take place with Guy Gardner and, and Kilowog uh, doing uh, murder mystery and trying to figure out what happened to Bunny. Um, yeah, so I can I can see that working. I think she got her toe cut off. No, she didn't. That was the nihilists. Oh, stupid yeah, stupid nihilists. nihilists. Anyway, what was your bottom line on this? Oh, you're sleeping with the little guy. Oh, wait, that's a different Coen Brothers movie. Um, my bottom line, I like it. I don't love it as much as I loved that Morrison run, mm. but I like it enough to say this is something different. This is something good in its own way, and I'm willing to give it a chance. And I really do like the central trio of characters that we see here. I'd like to see more Jessica Cruz, hopefully in the future. Mm-hmm. But the John, Simon, Baz, and Kelly thing is a lot of fun. And it reminds me of the, you know, the days right after Hal was reborn when we'd occasionally get a moment where it would be John, Kyle and guy, mm-hmm. they'd be like, why does Hal get all the attention? Yeah. Did we see Kyle in this issue? Briefly. Yeah. They okay. said Kyle's on extended. Oh, that's right. That's right. In the Vegas system. Yeah, yeah. 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 All right. Well, cool. So that's how we, uh, that's our thoughts on green lantern. Go check it out this week. And if you're so inclined and you want to be a part of dueling review, this is the part where you get to come in because we want you to pick our comic for next week. Matthew's going to give you some details on that. What you do is you take your magical magistry computer and you go to our website, our Patreon site, rather, patreon.com forward slash major spoilers, where you will find every single week a list of comics that you will want to come in between Wednesday and Saturday. And you will look at that list and you will say, I would like to see Matthew and Steven review this comic. You'll put in your vote Saturday night, Sunday morning, depending on what time he gets up. Steven will pick 
the book that got the most votes in. That will become next week's Julie Review. Yep. So coming out next week from DC Comics, we have Action Comics 341. That's a that's a reprint. That's a $1.99 issue there over at Comixology. American Vampire number seven. We also get uh, Batman Urban Legends number two. That's a $7.99 book. Be aware of that. Uh, let's see. We also get challenge of the super sons. Number 12, 99 cents there. That's part of the digital weekly stuff. Uh, Harley Quinn volume five, Hollywood or die comes out next week in a collection as does Legion of superheroes. Volume two, the trial of the Legion of superheroes. And then we also have a, what's this? Oh, that's a, is this a new legends of the dark Knight, or is this must be an old legends of the dark Knight? <laughs> it's probably the one. That no, this, again. yeah, this is the, uh, this is their, um, digital first series, Legends of the Dark Knight, number three, Bad Mood, Good Night, part three. It's a pretty short uh, read right there. Also, Rorschach number seven arrives next week, and the digital first series, RWBY, uh, meets the Justice League, issue number six comes out next week digitally. Yeah, it's one of those uh, rooster teeth animated uh, fantasy things. Um, Red, white, blue, yellow. Yeah, your kid probably is all into that. Uh, and no, finally, uh, Superman number 30 arrives next week. Also a four ninety nine price tag on that. Over at Boom Studios next week, we have Mighty Morphin number six, Proctor Valley Road number two, and uh, Wicked Things gets a, uh, a trade paperback. Uh, you know, the kids that are in the know, Matthew, they call it the Wicktings. The Wicktings? Uh, the Wicktings. Uh, ah. The uh, Dark Horse comics next week has Black Hammer Visions number three, Grindel Devil's Odyssey number five, and Young Hellboy The Hidden Land number three. Ooh, man, that was just like two weeks ago we had Young Hellboy uh, number two. I can't wait to read issue number three. I'm going to have to hit up my uh, Dark Horse contact and say, hey, can you uh, send that over to me? I'd love yeah, to read some more of that. Yeah, yeah, you got to know the right uh, PR person because Dark Horse does not send out the, uh, the Hellboy stuff uh, for review. You have to ask the right person. Uh, Dynamite Entertainment next week as Deja Thor is number 12. Red Sonia, the superpowers number four. And they're really cranking that one out too because I thought issue three just came out last week. It was, I think it was two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's pretty cool. Also, Vampirella Dark Powers number five and Vampirella versus Purgatory number one. Those are the limited edition virgin covers that are $50 price tags if you want to get those. IDW Publishing next week, G.I. Joe, Real American Hero 279, Lock and Key, Sandman, Man, Hell and Gone, number one. That could be very, very interesting. Also, My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, number six, and uh, Yusagi Yojimbo, number 18. Image Comics next week has Home, number one, Homesick Pilots, number five, and Scumbag, number seven. <laughs> Marvel Comics has Children of the Atom, number two, Daredevil, number 29, Guardians of the Galaxy, number 13, Iron Man, number eight, Spider-Man, Spider's Shadow, number one of four. Uh, also, Star Wars Bounty Hunters, number 11, and Thor and Loki Double Trouble, number two. That's the midway point of that series. In all the rest categories, we have uh, Autumnal, number six. Let's see, what else do we have? Doctor Who, Missy, number one. Now, that could be really cool. That's from Titan yeah. Comics next week. I um, see that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. We also have Minky Woodcock, the uh, girl who electrified Tesla number one. That's from the Titan Comics true crime imprint or hard crime imprint. And then we also have Riverdale, the ties that bind uh, OGN, not part of the Titan Comics uh, hard case crimes imprint. Uh, and then uh, Wayward Legends number three and World's Greatest First Love graphic novel volume 14. Oh, World's Greatest First Love Graphic Novel 14, not World's <laughs> Greatest First Love. Although it does say Mature Reader, so it could be the World's Greatest First Love. 
depends on where you want to emphasize uh, those words. So those are some books coming out next week. Thank you for checking us out on Dueling Review. Don't forget to go check out our Patreon. Don't forget to vote. And then we'll be back here next time live on our Discord channel. Yes, you can hook up your Patreon account to the Discord server, and then you can come and listen to us record this show with all of the uh, fun and frivolity and mistakes and all the other bonus stuff that you get when you listen to a show live Thursday nights, 8 o'clock p.m. We hope to see you next week, and maybe you'll get to hear Matthew say, Black Betty, Babylon. This podcast is copyright 2021 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.